Hi everyone, this is Liam Sanyo from Inside Scientific, your favorite online source for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content helping you do your best work. This episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Yuning Chen, R&D Manager at Sinobiological, who recently joined us for a webinar where he discusses strategies involved in recombinant antibody production and introduces a novel antibody expression platform to facilitate antibody library generation. Let's jump right in. Let's kick things off with an interesting question here. What are the major differences between recombinant antibodies expressed by HEK293 cells and CHO cells? From my understanding is, you know, because these two cell lines, even though they're both mammalian cell lines, but they're derived from different sources, the HEK293 is derived from a human source, while the CHO is derived from a uh, rodent, uh, which is a, a hamster. So because of their difference in origins, that would means that these cells are different in terms of their glycosyltransferase profiles and uh, expression levels. So I think the one major differences between uh, the antibodies produced by these cell lines will lie in the uh, structure of the glycan, especially I think the terminal sialic acid decorations, the HEC-293 and the CH will have different levels of sialic acid, sialic acid levels in their antibody glycan, and these sialic acids might be connected to the glycan backbone via different linkages, and sometimes these could be some issues are in some of the assays. Fantastic. And as a follow-up to that question, what are the, or since, since the FC glycans seem to contribute to the heterogeneities of recombinant anti- antibodies, how about just removing the glycan chains? Yeah, that's certainly a, um, that's certainly a way to get around this issue for that matter. However, I would encourage everyone to remember that the glycans are there for a reason. They're associated with effector functions. And also in the meantime, these glycans could add a level of hydrophilicity to the whole antibody molecule. So if we just, you know, abruptly remove the glycans, we will still be able to produce these antibodies. But I think without this, these glycan shields, you know, these antibodies might be less stable than the glycosylated version. So I think in short answer is yes, we can just remove the glycans by do, introducing, uh, introducing single amino acid mutations, but glycans are important indeed. So I think it's still better to, you know, keep them there, but, you know, find other ways, perhaps through some form of, uh, you know, glycan engineering to reduce the heterogeneity or to make the glycan chain of an antibody produced in the CHO cell line as similar as to that, to those produced by human B cells or human cell lines as possible. Yeah, some really great points there. Shifting gears a little bit, how do you choose a suitable buffer for recombinant <laughs> antibodies? That's a, actually a very good question, and it's something that we encounter all the time, actually. Uh, so, But I think all boils down to two points. So in order for a buffer to be suitable for an antibody, we would need to consider the compatibility with the follow-up assay as well as the stability of the antibody within this buffer. So I think I know that a lot of people use PBS buffer and uh, because it's a, you know, quote unquote physiological buffer, uh, it does have a lot of uh, advantages. However, we do observe, you know, sometimes antibodies are not stable in PBS buffer. And then in this case, then we will have to either switch a buffer base, for instance, using TRIS-based buffer or e- even like other physiological buffers such as MES or HEAPS, you know, based on the stability of the antibody. 
And also, uh, sometimes we would consider putting some additives into the system. For instance, glycerol is the most common additives, and it has proven to be, you know, least problematic of the many. And uh, other additives, including some uh, sugar residues or some, you know, a, a small amount of detergent, can also you know, can sometimes also be introduced. However, the basis for selecting these additives or for selecting the basis of the buffer is have to, you have to make sure that whatever you put in in the uh, the system is not going to be is not going to interfere with your you know downstream assays or applications. So, for instance, if you want to make chemical modifications to the antibody, then probably a trace-based buffer is not going to be very uh, suitable since you know most of the modifications are done using the lysine residues, and the trace buffer has uh, a primary amine that can you know interfere with these reactions. I think a suitable buffer is a buffer that is ensures the stability of the antibody and ensures the uh, assay or application compatible uh, compatibility for the downstream processes. Excellent. Yeah, another great answer there. Do you have a favorite format of recombinant antibody? And uh, what format do you think is the most challenging to make? Okay, to pick a favorite. Well, I mean, every antibody is unique. Even for the IgG1, sometimes we do see strange behaviors between, you know, different preparations or, you know, be- between different constructs. If I would have to, I think I'll answer the second part. I think for the antibodies that we've made so far, uh, the IgMs are definitely considered as most challenging because, you know, they're huge molecules to begin with. And we have to ensure their, ensure their Purity as well as the, you know, ensure that to make sure that they reach uh, correct oligomerization status. And that's a more appropriate word. So, which means it will be a little bit more, a little bit more challenging to both produce and purify these proteins. So that being said, I could also say that at least for now, my favorite format will be IgM because, you know, they do give us a challenge and we do like a good challenge as well. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.